What is happening, everybody? Happy Friday. It's Friday, Friday. So at the time I'm recording this, it actually is Friday at 1 a.m. But hey, it was an actually good game for once. I mean, I know I know. last time, what is it I mentioned? It was kind of a, a, a good game. To me, I guess good games vary on person's perspective as everything in life is on perspective. But I enjoyed the game for one. I like games where it comes down to um, back and forth. You know, a 13-point lead, and then the the Bears get a few plays going, a turnover here or there, and it just changes the way the whole gameplay goes from that time on. Um, I thought the Bucks would win. I thought they were the better team overall, obviously. You take in the fact that Mike Evans wasn't 100%. O.J. Howard is gone. I'm not even going to really consider Leonard Fournette because Fournette is not – he's not what he used to be. He had – I think he's had one good game. Uh Two bad games, maybe, and then, yeah, I don't think he played last week or he played and got hurt. But that being said, they yeah, they needed Godwin. I mean, they have pieces that are missing or not 100% healthy. So taking that in consideration, it was a road game, short week, all these different things. I still think Tampa should have won. I think let's start right there with uh, the, that last time. Um, I saw some guys on Fox talking afterwards where the game ended with Brady, thinking he still had a fourth down. I've seen that. I mean, look it up on YouTube. You can find in history in NFL where they had one where even the NFL guys, there was an extra down. It's called on time down or not on time down. It's an extra. It's a fifth down. And the score marker missed it. The referees missed it. The players even missed it. Everyone did other than I think probably the fans at home. But yeah, it's It happens. And for, it's just kind of a shock that, you know, one of the best all time lost track. And they were saying, oh, you know, the, assistant, the offensive coordinator should be in his headpiece saying, hey, this is third down. Hey, this is fourth down. He could say that, you know, we've all been in that situation where your mind is on one thing and you're planning something out or you're trying to dissect something someone's telling you. And at the same time, you're not hearing everything. So you could say – the offense coordinator is supposed to. We don't know. He could have. He could have said, all right, Brady, this is it. Let's get this play here. This is fourth down. Or he might not have. And Arians, it would be on him. Of all people, I would say it should be on the guy who's on the field. I would put Brady at that because all the great things that's ever happened, a lot of praise always goes on the quarterback, and you got to take all the blame as well. And he himself was throwing up the four. And I, yeah, because when he threw that play, if you look, Keyshawn Vaughn was off to the left, came out of the backfield, and if he'd thrown it to him, you know, unless Keyshawn drops it, he had the first down. Vaughn was well at the first down marker, would have caught it. There was a linebacker about a yard away to to the right of him. He probably would have tackled him right away, or he might have gained a few yards, but he had the first down, and that's what I thought, thought Brady was going. And then I saw him throw it, and as soon as it went past Vaughn, I'm like, why is he not just taking the first down? You, you could still spike it and still have like maybe 19 seconds to get another play into field goal range. It was just weird or even get out of bounds and he threw it and it was terrible. The D, the, I think it was a safety. I don't think it was a linebacker. I think it was a safety was in front of uh, the tight end. No way was he catching that. So kind of a shock when he threw it. And then it made sense afterwards when he threw up the four fingers and I'm like, wow. So Brady let one slip there. I think there was so many bad calls that, that one um, had the only call. I mean, some of the calls you go, eh, I don't think so. Or, eh, you know, I don't see much there. There was a 
there was a few PI calls I saw where I was just like totally questionable, but that one with the game on the line when the Bears were driving to get in that field goal, field goal range to get the game eventual game winner, that was not pass interference. That was terrible. You know, the DB jumped up, had a little bit of contact. Both guys made contact, and then the ball was like five yards in front of them, not even catchable. Usually the refs can talk that over and say, yeah, it's an uncatchable ball. We're not going to bail out the offense. And that's basically what they did. They bailed out the offense. They didn't even really consider, hey, you know, this isn't catchable. Not even a five-yard. It was just pass interference. So didn't like that. In the end, though, the Bucks still had their chances. They didn't get it done. Um, that was a heck of a hit. When, that, when Keyshawn Vaughn got hit by Fuller, when I saw it live, I was like, how is that not a fumble? I was like talking to Cindy right there. I'm like, dude, that's a fumble. That's a fumble. He takes almost three steps watching it live. I thought it was three when they did the replay. He was on as he was planning the third step. He got popped. But all you need is two, two steps. I know the ref when they were talking to the, you know, the retired official who always knows everything. He's saying, oh, you know, the ball's kind of moving, kind of shifting. I always was under the impression it was a football move. He already caught the ball. When you see it, Vaughn gets it in both hands, and I'm so tired of them saying that the ball was shifting or moving. Yeah, it was it was shifting or moving because he was transferring it into a different position. Caught it with his hands, leaning towards his back right over his uh, hips, and then as he shifted it, he was adjusting the ball to put it in his right arm and secure it. It was already it was 100% catch, you know. And then as he sh- pulled the ball and still had a full grip on it, then he got popped. A heck of a hit by Fuller. That was so nice. Pop the ball loose. That plays like that are nice to watch because it was clean, legal, no head hunting, no uh, hitting the defenseless guy. Everything. Vaughn saw it and he just got he turned into it and got hit. But overall, I enjoyed the game. You know, didn't have both are NFC, so it's not like I'm going okay. AFC NFC. I'm going to cheer for the AFC because I don't want them. Uh, that'll help the Rams for playoff hunt. Or if it's an AFC West, I'm cheering for the other team because. Uh, my wife's Raider team can use all the help they can get. That being said, I enjoyed the game and more than I did the Monday night. You know, who who played Monday? Yeah, I don't, we, we talked about that last time. Who did Monday night? Oh, yeah, the Packers and Falcons. That game was okay. Um, I thought the Packers looked great. The Falcons, I expected more and they didn't deliver. But that game didn't. I expected tonight's to be similar to that in the fact that it came down. You know, if, if one of the teams within the last few minutes has a chance and the game had some fun plays throughout the game, that's an enjoyable game to me. You know, I it doesn't have to be, oh, the game came down. You can have terrible games where it comes down to the end. I didn't think the Eagles-Niners was a terrible game, as Jacob was saying in the group text, how he was mentioning, oh, it's two terrible offenses and defense is just making some plays. I thought that the offense, especially for the Niners, the first quarter and a half, was actually moving the ball, getting first down, seeing Ayuk, seeing Samuel, welcome back, you know, seeing Kittle. So you saw players, the, the playmakers make plays, and I enjoyed the game. The second half, when the Niners disappeared and the Eagles, it was just like eking it little at a time, little at a time, and it was so, so boring. Excuse me. But, so... There's plenty of football news. I'm not going to cover all that because if you guys want that, you know, you can go to all the real sports guys who know what they're talking about. Uh, just know that if you have, I know the Chiefs, Raiders, they're still planned to go because they had a co- a guy test COVID positive or something. I think it was some backup or something. So they have that under control as of for now. So that game's still on. The Bills, Titans. I do have a Titan player 
And in my other league, I got both, Bills and Titans. So you got to monitor that where they are playing now Tuesday. That's what I'm talking about. You know, get Tuesday football. Pretty soon we'll have Wednesday. The only thing that sucks is I think by having this Tuesday, from what I hear, I really wish they would move someone around. You can figure it out because, remember, in Thursday Night Football, every team is supposed to play once. So we might just – there might be no Thursday Night Football this week. I mean, for it to fall on that really sucks because I really love Thursday Night Football to get me through that gap where I'm missing it. You know, you get the Thursday night. Then you got a nice Friday hanging out, doing family things or work or whatever. Whatever, enjoying your Friday. Then Saturday comes along. Enjoy your Saturday. No rush. You don't want to rush your Saturday. And then you top it off with Sunday football. If I don't have that Thursday night, man, mm, I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to be going, man, let's get a Saturday game. Maybe that's a potential possibility. Maybe they play it Saturday. I don't know. But because – I don't know they couldn't. But the Titans and or the Chiefs and the Bills are supposed to be – and that was such a good game with Allen. The Bills have so many weapons, and the Chiefs, I think that would have been a really fun game. It still will be played, but that's one where I'm like, looking on the schedule, this one wasn't bad because both teams were 3-1. and one, But both teams at the same time have played bad enough to be 2-2. Two and two. You know, 3-2 and two now Bucks, but they, they, they weren't – last week they were dominant, but every week they have not been. The Bears easily should have lost to the Lions week one. Um, they should have lost to the Falcons, so they're lucky to. And then even last week, when they yeah, when they made that comeback, so they easily could be uh, right now one and three or two and two. But they are, what are they four and one? Impressive. So we'll see if that continues to hold up for Chicago. But yeah, that was one where I was really excited to see the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. Obviously, that cannot happen if it the Bills and Titans play Tuesday night. Now if there's any more COVID issues with the Titans, that game will get – I don't know what they're going to do then, and the Chiefs' bills will still be on for Thursday night. So it's like, all right, well, you get Tuesday night football, awesome, but then you don't get Thursday. I almost am inclined to prefer Thursday night because by the time Monday night football is done, I kind of like to get our next week planned. You got the waiver wire. That's going to throw everything off. I mean you still have waiver wire, but – you're going to have a Tuesday night game. So now our games are – I mean, they might – every week, it's rarely come down. Last week, we had two or three games come down for the first time all season. More than one game come down to the Monday Night Football game. And three of them uh, – one was almost won by Eric, an incredible comeback, just barely missed out. Steve made a monster comeback to come back and win. And me and Mario went back and forth where it was just a few points decided. And neither of our guys played great that those nights, but – it ended in a close game. So, yeah, that's what's going on with those if you have not been following or hearing anything about what the situations are. So we could have Thursday night. As of now, we will have Tuesday and possibly not Thursday. I'm thinking why don't they just take a team, try to figure out on the schedule where – because the Chiefs already played Thursday night. So we can really – I mean they're a better team and enjoyable. So if you want to get them on, that's fine. But look on the schedule. And decide now, you know, let them know now, say who who uh, can play now. And then and let's say it's a month from now, whoever's going to play four weeks from now, that one Buffalo can play that Thursday night. Then at least Buffalo's on Thursday night. Another team might be on twice, but KC's already been on once. So I'm, I'm more inclined to see Buffalo go on. You know, that's a possibility. So you still keep Thursday night and that's what NFL wants. That's what the fans want. 
at least some of the fans. I don't, I can't speak for everyone. I know I do. So I think that would be cool if they got, they did that where Buffalo can, you know, flip-flop. No teams are changing or nothing. It's just you move a a team up to fill in for this Thursday, and then whoever fills up, you know, we already know the Jets. We don't want any crap, but look for a good game, pull them up, and then say, okay, if it's Seattle or whoever, your Thursday night game, now we push back. And we don't have to worry about, oh, fans bought tickets for that primetime game. Well, just pick a Democratic, dem, uh, a Democrat city. You know, they don't have fans. If you look at that, all Republican, not all, but most Republican um, states are having fans in their stadium. Most Democrat states do not have fans. So if you don't want the fans to be affected because they say, hey, I bought tickets for that primetime game, pick a Democratic the Baltimore Ravens have them play this Thursday. They never have fans. The Washington Redskins or the Washington football team. So I don't know. I'm hoping that gets taken care of. So anyways, let's get on with the matchups tonight. Did anyone take an advantage tonight? I did not. I was not expected to beat Steve. You know, covering these games, I'm not going to go into depth like I do. Well, this week especially, we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to because obviously I didn't do uh, Thursday morning. I didn't do yesterday morning's podcast. Had a lot going on. I had the uh, Thursday and Friday off. And so I was up late Wednesday night playing the board game Villains. It's a Disney game, playing it with the kids. So didn't have any time for that. I wasn't going to, by the time we were done and everyone was asleep, I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. So I didn't do it then. So I'm doing this tonight late, but that's okay. I can, I have no plans in the morning so I can sleep in. But I don't this week. I'll try to talk about a little about each game. I'm usually I'll break down position by position. Maybe it's overkill, but it's just something fun to do. I like to break it down and we see and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. So don't take it. You know, I don't think I'm an expert. I just basically like I always say, I'm just talking how I feel based on what I look at in the fantasy world. So I'm going to go jump right to this game. Dino Dan and Brian. This is big because Dino Dan's expected to win 201 to 173. So Brian didn't have a huge – right now he has a 19% chance to win. Did that change? Tom Brady did not get his expected score. I thought Brady was expected to get 22. He got 16. So he just missed a little bit. But everything matters when you look at this and it bases off percentage. You go, oh, it's only four points less. Well, then that means he has to have one of his other guys go four point over just to make up. To, for his score projection. To beat Dino Dan, though, he's going to have to have Dino Dan have a bunch of zeros, which is possible, or he's going to have to make it up somewhere else. And so let's see. His running game, there's a difference right there. 15 points was expected, and Montgomery got 18, almost 19. So that can make up for the difference with Brady and so on. Never mind. I'm not going to carry on like that. The point is that that's that I'm trying to see is there a way Brian can still pull this out. Because if you look at Montgomery, 18 points. That's he did over what he was expected. That's what I expected. Montgomery, he's going to get a lot of the work. He had eight catches, only 30 yards, but eight catches, 29 yards, 10 carries. It was, you know, it just wasn't working. They couldn't get on the run. The Bucks are a very good defense this year. So you can't blame them for not running more. But Montgomery, how, how much the percent was he out there tonight? 80% of the snaps. That's his second highest total of the season. 10 carries. He did have a rushing touchdown. And he had seven receptions, like I said. So Montgomery's doing what I expect. I think he might even have better games when he's against um, defenses that are not as strong. So like I said, that's a good move for Brian. I think Montgomery in the long run will help him. And I believe he can keep him at the end of this year if he wants. He's still got Zeke, who's going against a Giants team. I think this will be a Zeke week. 
um, as opposed to Dak, because I don't think the Giants, I think the Giants will score, you know, but I don't think they're going to put up, you know, 45 and the Giant, the Cowboys are going to have to make a comeback. So I think Zeke will have a big week, but you got Dalvin Cook and Mike Davis. Both of them have been playing well. Davis, look at this. Since McCaffrey's gone back to back 23.10 games against Atlanta, I expect the same. Receivers, Lockett's been, you know, lights out. He's number four overall in PPR. Amari Cooper is number one overall in PPR. So, and this is not the Amari Cooper of old who used to go six points, then 42, then 12, then 39. This is 18, 22, 17, 42. That's what I'm talking about. That's the number. That's what you like where you're like, okay, your floor is 17 and your ceiling's 40. Sign me up all day for that. This and it's amazing. Maybe the coverage they can't double them. You know, maybe uh, they don't have to. Fo- the 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 way C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and Ezekiel Elliott, the defense is. It's really hard to focus and hone in on one guy. Before it was just Gallup and Cooper. Now you throw in C.D. Who, by the way, is having great games. C.D. Lamb. So Cooper's playing like uh, what he was expected to be from when he was in Alabama. Cooper Cup and Lockett. Yeah, I like uh, if if Judy can get some stinking balls and look at that game. Just in case you didn't know that, New England against Denver is on Monday Night Football at 2 p.m. So have fun getting home off work to see that. But yeah, that one's going to be Monday Night Football. You got a doubleheader, but one of them's at 2 o'clock. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I if Judy can get eight or nine targets, we know Lockett's going to light up that Vikings defense. Metcalf and Lockett will have huge weeks. This could be. This, the, the little surprise, the come-out-of-nowhere play with Lockett and Judy. Because Judy goes for 20, I'm not shocked. Lockett goes for 40, I'm not shocked. Cooper Cup might end up being the one who gets the least amount with the Rams' offense, the way I can't figure them out. Cup could have a big game or he could have no game. I have no clue. I know I would have him out there because you know he can go off any week for 40. He has before. So really good receivers on both sides. The better matchups are for Bryan's. I can't decide who I – for the season, oh, I know who I would want. You know, I would I would say Cooper Cup probably because, yeah, overall they're going to be more consistent. But if this is – yeah, even a contract league, man, I, re, I really love uh, Jerry Judy. Just a person I, – I watch him in, at, at Alabama. That's how I get a lot of the players. Like I've already mentioned that before. But Judy, Ruggs, Tua, awesome. I loved watching them last year. And now I'm so excited to see him in the pros. And, yeah, I think Judy um, is going to be sky's the limit. And he's going to only get better being the number one receiver the rest of this year. So I can't choose who I would want for this week, just for this week. It's, it's a wash. I'm going to take Waller just because it's going to be a shootout against KC. Smith can have a good game against Buffalo, but still, I'm going Waller. I'm going McLaurin. Hollywood Brown, he has to show me something, man. He's been so – Deshaun Jackson like and I didn't think he was going to be that six I mean he's got six excuse me or more targets every game but no touchdowns and that's the thing if he gets a, he had a big week one but if he gets a touchdown in any in week two or four three not really but against Houston or Washington if he gets a, a touchdown he's nearing uh, 18 to 20 points that's a good game so that's what Brown needs to do to match McLaurin who's going to be against the Rams we'll see if Ramsey covers him, but he's a top – McLaurin's a top 10 on the season. He's number nine overall in PPR, 11, 31, 12, and 27. So dangerous. And now he's got Allen. Is Allen going to increase his value? 
you know, Hoskins, the quarterback, he was, they were teammates in Ohio State, so I would assume he would play better with him. But McLaurin did good without him last year as well. Bridgewater and Breeze, both really good matchups. I expect them both to come around their total. Uh, Bridgewater might have a better game if Atlanta can keep scoring. You know, the Chargers and Saints, it might be of a, I don't know what to expect with that game. I want to say, oh, it's going to be a 35-38 game, but then it can go out and be 27-15, you know, something stupid like that. So going over up and down and then 27 points for Smith. I know for Brian, you're looking at the going, oh, man, 27. That's, you know, that's murdering. Well, last week he had 39, almost 40. So it's like you look at it and go, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take 27 over 40. Um, but going through it, Dino Dan is expected to win. Goff is going to have a really big matchup. I think Goff can outscore Brady. Big time. Yeah, as of now, and then we don't know what Dan, uh, Brian's going to play for his defense. But it's as of now, looking at it based on matchup and, and the fact that Brady didn't have a great game. Montgomery was solid, but you would love to see if Montgomery could have broke 25 or something because Cook and Davis are going to be really strong. Dino's only weakness is he doesn't have his other home run hitter, uh, Aaron Jones, who's on a bye this week. So that is something Brian can hang his hat on. And he did score 62 with three guys. I mean, that's a good start. So we'll see what happens there. Um, let's see. Mario, Jacob. I don't even know if Jacob listens. Um, yeah, he does. He's talked about my cats. Duh. What a dummy. Yes, Jacob listens. We'll cover his game real quick. Hit this up. Mario is projected to be almost 200. 206 for this game is much closer than the 63% for Jacob because Murray is going to light up the Jets or the run game will, and he won't be relied if the Jets don't score. It's going to be a lot of handoffs the second half, or Murray can get some rushing touchdowns. Russell Wilson, I think Minnesota will score because the Seahawks defense is not good. This is shaping up to be a Russell Wilson QB one season. He is number one overall right now. I mean, look at that. His lowest point total on the season is 30 points that's amazing 240 I mean he could have had three 40 point games so Russell Wilson awesome lighten it up expect a lot I'm going to take Wilson over Murray just on matchup I think if the Seahawks if you reverse it um even then though with the Dolphins you know I thought oh you know the Seahawks would get a big lead and and Wilson might not get as much but he still had a great game last week as well so I like both quarterbacks but I'm I'm definitely taking Wilson with that running backs the greatest thing could have happened is back-to-back weeks for Ronald Jones, big games for him, for Mario. 21, you will take that because Thompson hasn't done much of anything. He had a big week two, and you would hope that he'd get back to that. Week three, eh, eight points at least, but week four, he got shut out, nothing. Maybe it was game script, but I don't know. Look to see if Thompson bounces back. But we know is going to be good for 25 or more. We know Robinson's going to be good for 15 to 25, maybe more at Houston. Um, so Cook just had a big game against him last week. Running backs, I am Ronald Jones getting that. If Thompson can just give him eight to nine points and Mario can equal 30 points with his running backs combined, that's a win for him when you have Thompson and Ronald Jones. That is a win where they average 15 points a game f- for both running backs for this matchup because you sh- Thompson, if Thompson does anything over 10, that's – I mean he, Mario should be doing cartwheels going, okay, that they kept me in the game because Kamara and Robinson – this could, it could be easily make up for the difference between Murray and Wilson and then some. So Jacob's got the running backs down. 
Good game for Robinson. Not the total he had last week. He's about 8 to 10 points off. But still, really good game against a solid Bucks defense. Crowder, we'll see if he can do that. Arizona has been incredibly strong against receivers this year. But what else do they have? I know Le'Veon Bell might come back, but what else, honestly, do the Jets have? So with Darnold out, I don't know what Flacco's going to do and what Flacco's going to love, what he wants to do in that game plan. Boyd and Chark. Chark had a monster game last week. Tyler Boyd against Baltimore. You go, hmm, Ravens defense, that's tough. But they're going to have to throw. You know, I picked up Higgins. I'm still debating whether I want to play him. Um, this, the Bengals are going to have to throw. They're going to be losing in that game. So they're not going to be handing it off to Joe Mixon most of the game. So expect Boyd to have a game to equal Robinson or better. And that would be huge. But it's all going to come down to Crowder and Chark. You know, can Crowder go have another 20-plus point game? If he goes out with 14 and Chark goes out with 20, mm, that's going to hurt. Receivers, who would I want? I'm still going to take Robinson and Chark. Yeah. I mean, Robinson had 19. I'd rather take 19, bank it, and not gamble that Boyd. Maybe Boyd's the odd man out. You know, maybe it's Sample. Maybe it's uh, Higgins. Maybe it's A.J. Green finally getting something, and Boyd has a, a bad week. Uh, give me 19, and I'll, I'll take that. And Chark, I expect to have anywhere from 15 to 20 as well. So I like I like all four receivers, but I'm going with Jacobs. Tight end, Kelsey, you want to say Kelsey? Vegas, they have Corey Littleton. They have a solid linebacker. They've been good against tight ends. Hunter Henry is going against the Saints, who have not been good. And Hunter is due for a breakout game. They have Lattimore, so he might take away Keenan Allen or at least make it harder to get uh, – unless Lattimore doesn't play. He didn't play last week. But we'll see. I expect Henry to have a big game. I'm going to – dang it. It's tough when you look at these. Like you want to just say, oh, Kelsey, bang, stardom. That's it. But if I own both, knowing that what the Raiders can do and what they've done and all the weapons the Chiefs have and the Chargers just having a few weapons with so many injuries. Hey, ow, my cat just jumped on my hand. Um, dang it. I might lean Hunter Henry in this one. I'm going to give it to Jacob Henry. I know Kelsey's a better player, but just this week, if I could, if you said I can own both, who am I starting? It depends what you need. I guess I'm thinking Henry's going to go off for more, right? I, like if, if you said, oh, man, you need a tight end to get you 20, I'm going to go Henry this week. If you said, hey, I just need you to get 10, 10 to 12 points, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both going to get that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I think Henry will have a bigger game, but I still think Kelsey's going to go out there and get you 10 to 12 points to where if you, if you had to be safer, right? Let's say you needed eight points or something. Uh-oh, my thing's going to die. I hope this doesn't mess up my recording. So um, I think it will. Let me see if I can pause it. Yes, it did die, so I had to change it to see if the sound's different now. I like recording from my headphones sometimes because it sounds – I don't know if it sounds different. It's just a little easier to talk with it. So let's get back to what we were speaking about. Um, Henry or Kelsey, yeah. Like I said, I'm going Henry. Connor or Edelman? Denver's not good against the pass. It and, and I don't believe Cam Newton's playing. I hope he does. Excuse me. I hope he does because the game will be more enjoyable. But I don't know if Cam Newton's playing. If Cam's in, I'm going to... Nah, mm. yeah, I'm gonna go. I would go Connor if you said I can. I can start one. Connor's doing really well since week one. 
26 points, 30 points. Yeah, he's done so well. He had the week off last week. So, you know, there's no little nagging injuries. Philly, the Niners did uh, pretty good in the run game against Philly. I'm taking Connor over Edelman. And he's safer. He's a safer play. He's good for 12 to 15 at least. While Edelman could go down to 8 or he could go more. But, yeah, I'll take Connor. Watson or Carr, I'm taking Watson. Because Jacksonville offense is good enough to where they will stay in the game. Just like they did with Cincinnati. And Watson's going to have to still be involved and throw. As opposed to giving it to David Johnson. While Carr and the Chiefs, I think with their slow... If you watch anything with the Raiders, they have a very... Um, offense that is slow at times. Uh, Henry Ruggs will be back, so maybe they can take some lightning strikes. So Carr could, let's say Ruggs does get involved like he did week one. Carr could go for 30. He could go off, you know, didn't he have a 30-point game? 15, 20. Last week against Buffalo, 28. And that was out without him. So he could, I could see him doing that in a game where they're going to have to throw but they'll try to slow it down at times to keep the Kansas City offense off the field. So I would I would take Watson this week, but I'm not going to be shocked if Carr equals him. I know Carr is going to uh, most likely equal Kyler Murray. I would put I would I would bet that um, defenses Bears played great, 24 points. You'll take that. We'll see what the Browns do against the Colts. The Colts are very slow type offense as well. Philip Rivers is not thrown all over the place since week one. He has not thrown very well. And we'll see what kind of – they're more of a defense, lead us, and then offense will try to slowly follow, similar to the Raiders, but they don't have the same playmakers. They have a lot of injuries as well. So going through all that, yeah, it's safe to say it looks like Jacob's going to win. I would choose him. Uh, I think he has a better team this week. But if Russell Wilson goes off for a 45- to 50-point game, and like I said, Crowder and Boyd both go off, there is a chance. You know, you're not going to – he's projected to get 196. He's only expected to lose by 10. So you're telling me he can't make up 10 points with his roster and Jacob have a few guys score under? Easily could happen. So Jacob might be getting a 4-1 and one while Mario's looking to try to get 3-2 and two and get back in the winning ways. Um, let's see. Nick and Matt, I don't think any of them listen. I'll just say right now. I can't call who's going to win. I'll just go up and down. I'm not even going to cut. I'm just being hypothetical. If you went up and down, I think both are going to be even on a lot of things. They're both projected to get 175 to 174. So it's like you can't even call it. Matt did have Mike Evans play for 15. You want to see more from Evans when there's no OJ Howard and no Chris Godwin. You expect more. He had one where he could have had that deep touchdown. He actually overran it and lost sight of it, which is disappointing because that could have really changed the whole game right there. But... So, yeah, he could have had a big monster game. He didn't. I like Thielen this week, and I like DJ Moore more than Robert Woods, and even if Evans before the game. So Nick's receivers are better. I know the, the hot play in fantasy this week is Ingram against the Cowboys, but I'm still going Mark Andrews. He's just he's like Kelsey. He's one of the elites. I, I think he will have a better game as well. Big Ben or Minshew, I think. Jeez. I want to say Big Ben, but I think both will be in the 20s. Big Ben could go 30s. A.J. Green, no. I would take You would take Scotty Miller, but A.J. Green, Scotty Miller did nothing tonight. I mean, talk about a no-show. You felt like he wasn't even out there at times. But So I guess you got to go A.J. Green now. Um, but Jacobs, Edward, you got the Clyde Edwards against Jacobs. Singletary against Gurley. Gurley, the better matchup. But Singletary, especially if Moss is not back yet, is getting a lot of work. Since Nick traded for him, he has gone for 17 and 18. 
you know, doubling up what um, he traded away Drake has done. So it's been a good move for Nick, and he got that second-round pick. I do like Wentz more than Flacco, but it's against the Steelers. That's the only problem. So I don't think either team is going to go off for 200, um, and I'm not even going to make a projection because it's just too close to call. And Scotty Miller having a zero, when you have a goose egg, it's tough to overcome. If A.J. Green can get him 10 points or more to make up the difference, it might be a victory for Matt as both of them try to get to two and three and rebound here. Um, let's go to, I need to stop saying, um, sorry. Usually I don't do that because I hate using that word. I'll either have dead space or just continue to talk. Going over this game with Elijah and Austin, Elijah can get to two and three. Is Austin saving his season if he gets to one and four? Yes, because it, you, you can't get all four back in one week. We've talked about the 0 and 4 and 2 and 5 teams that have come back. So it's totally doable, totally possible. Austin's expected to win by uh, near, near over 30. So going through his team, Allen doesn't have the better matchup. I'm going Mahomes either way, even though Allen is putting up MVP type numbers. If he had a better matchup this week, I might lean. Uh, Allen, just because Mahomes might be off the field. He, you know, if the Raiders get some long drives going, which they have, he might be off the field. But I'm going to leave Mahomes. Damian Williams and Henderson against Johnson and Mixon. Excuse me. I'm totally going to go with uh, Mixon and Johnson. Mixon has a very tough matchup against Baltimore. And Johnson has a good matchup. But I don't know what to expect with the new coach of the Texans. Are they going to want to rely on Johnson still? Remember, he didn't make the trade for Johnson to get rid of Hopkins. But I would lean towards Elijah's running backs here. Receivers, Parker and Anderson, I am taking them. Gallup, we know can go off, but he's been the odd man out in three of the four games this season. And a bad call week one against the Rams. So from keeping him from having a pretty decent game. T.Y. Hilton, I'm done with. I've said week after week with the injuries that this will be the week, this will be the week, this will be the week, and it's not. So I'm done with Hilton. You, I mean, you got to play him, though. If you own him, what else are you going to do? If you ha don't have him, if I had him, you got to play him. But I'm done with saying, oh, this will be his week. When he does it, he does it. I don't need to say that I, I called it. Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, the reason he's doing so well is because he's heavily involved from the coaching plays. He's not just a deep threat. They're using him like a full-on DeAndre Hopkins where he can get it deep, get it short, whatever the, whatever the case may be. This is his old college coach. So he knows, knows how to use him, and he knows that I should use him to win. So it's been a great great uh, chemistry. They've, it's been awesome watching Anderson there. I believe he's a wide receiver one. On the, yeah, number 12 or number 11. Remember, top 12 is a wide receiver one. And Devontae Parker, same thing. He's been excellent. He's number 19 because he had that bad week one, but he's had 16, 11, and 27 last week. So I like Elijah's receivers more. Schultz and Ertz. Ertz, but Ertz hasn't done anything. Schultz, I think, will have a better game, way better matchup. I like Schultz this week. Renfro, Galladay. Well, Elijah obviously hasn't adjusted two players, Galladay or Stafford, so I'm pretty sure he will take those out. Fitzmagic. I don't know. And if the Niners get like a 21-0 lead and Fitzmagic's not pulled for Tua, yeah, then he'll make a comeback, put up garbage points, and he'll be great for you. Hunter Renfro, we'll see if he stays in. It's going to be in a shootout game, so he might get heavily involved even with Ruggs back because Ruggs is not going to take nine targets. Ruggs will be five targets, and you know four of them will be for 50 yards or more that they'll try to hit. doesn't mean they'll hit him. But 
So then Bucks played great tonight. Excellent game for the Bucks to really help Austin get that uh, slight advantage. Remember, right now I didn't realize that. That's why he's a 30-point advantage. Elijah has Galladay and Stafford out. But he's still got the Cardinals, who are expected to get 32 against the Jets. He's got Littleton. Uh, Leonard is going to probably outduel him. Leonard's going to be playing Cleveland, who's a, a run-heavy team, regardless if Chubb is there or not. So I like – I was supposed to go through this fast. If Elijah plays Phillip Rivers, and who else has he got? Hmm, James White or Naheem Hines? I don't – White or Hines probably get almost equal to what Galladay's going to get this week. But Rivers, yeah, you got to play him over Stafford. So we'll see what Elijah does. Austin's looking good, coming out good on that Thursday night game. And let's see. I'm not going to – Steve doesn't listen, so I'm not going to talk about my game. Steve's expected to win. I'll just say that. You know, and it's killing me. I'll, I'll mention this. This is – it's tough trying to find – you know, I picked up Slayton – this is what I didn't want to have to do with my team is what I've had to do in the past where you try to get some waiver wire guys to help you, bail you out here and there. Uh, but I just need it for a few weeks. This might be a loss for me. I'm going against an undefeated team, 4-0. Steve's been one of the highest scoring teams in the year. Right now he's got a 15-13 to lead. You know, I pick up Levante David because I'm hearing about him today, how great he's doing. If you look, And so I look at his numbers, I'm like, wow, he has been doing great. 30 points in three out of four games, you know. His worst one was 19. And and I love Jalen Smith, but if you look at it, I don't – I mean, he could he could go off and have a great game, but I don't expect him to go off and, and get a bunch of tackles against a, a Giants team that's not going to run. It's going to be a lot of receivers. So, you know, the DBs for the Cowboys will probably have big games. So that's why I was like, uh, you know what, I'm going to play. I'm going to do David. He's going against the Bears, and he only had five tackles. Now he – as at this point, he's only got 13 points. So that's a huge letdown. That's a big advantage for Steve. Um, but I'm like, I, he did deflect a pass. Remember where it looked like he intercepted it? I don't know if you watched the game. He didn't even come close to it. But he deflected it with his hand, and then it hit the ground. So I should be getting three points. I'll see if they autocorrect that in the next few days. If not, oh well. Maybe they don't consider that a deflected pass. Um, but either way, he did deflect it from the guy who was next to him receiving it. Yeah, I'm not going to go over all the matchups. And I'm just talking about tonight's game. And then Foles, 15 points. That's a big help for me, you know, when you have your quarterback. If Jimmy G doesn't play or if he's, you know, that that's another advantage. So quarterbacks can really swing this game as it has for most of my games with Dak Prescott. He might not need to have a great week this week um, if the Giants don't put up points. But if they do, Prescott can go out. If Even if he gets me 30 as he's projected, that's a big 15-point swing in my favor. But then Steve will make it up right back with Blake Martinez, who is averaging, let's see, 35, 27, 28, and 35. I mean, he's a monster. He's a monster. So he will totally outdo Levante David because we know the Cowboys are going to get Zeke and they're tight and involved. So Martinez will get his tackles. So, yeah, very interesting. Steve looks like he could be going 4-0. If Jimmy G does not play and then Sanders gets shut down by the Steelers' defense, hmm, I do have a shot. You know, I do have a shot. So let's get to the last game. And that is, we talked about all, Eric against Christian. Right now, Christian has a 195 to 168 projection. This will be a huge uh, victory for Eric if he can rally back. He's got Tannehill, Matt Ryan. Ryan's going against at home, but against a tough Carolina defense that I didn't expect to be good. But they've been really good against the Chargers. They were good last week. So, we know their defense is better and their offense is playing better. And Matt Ryan, the last two weeks, has been terrible. 
So if Tannehill can go for 25 or so, Ryan, if Ryan stays in that funk, right? Look at that, 14 and 16. His last two weeks equal his week two against Dallas. So we'll see if Tannehill can outdo him. That's a big difference right there. Most starts should be healthy and play. I love Gibson. I've been saying it, remember, after week one, he doubled his points week two to 12. I said week three, he would double it to 24. He did, excuse me, he did not against a very tough Browns defense. But uh, 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 week four, three to four, he did double it from 12 to 23.80, almost 24. So I think that's the kind of thing he's going to do. He's not going to go out and get 20 carries. I mean, he could go get 20 carries. He's a big back. He's 6'2", 220. He's not, I'm not saying he's like a tiny little, you know, 5'8 guy. Uh, Gio Bernard or something, but he can get used in the passing game. He's been played. He's played receiver in college. Four catches, 82 yards last week. That's wide receiver numbers. And then he had 13 carries for 46 and a touchdown. So I expect him to do a lot of that throughout the season. So great player. He's someone if you don't trade for, will definitely be on Eric's roster next year. I like his running backs. I know Cream Hunt's gonna have a good game. I know if he goes out there and plays, he's gonna be a monster. Did he practice? He was limited Thursday. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll see. I'm pretty sure he'll be out there, but they might not say, they might say, you know what? We're not going to go give you 20 carries. You know what? We need you. If you go down, we're really hurting. So uh, I, I like, and I don't love Ingram this week. Ingram is, I think, second on the team in carries behind J.K. Dobbins. So looking at the running backs, I lean Eric. Receivers, Hopkins and Hill taking those. Ayuk, I like. He's got a great matchup against Miami. He can, if he can go for twenty, and Sammy Watkins can just get fifteen or t- ten to fifteen. Eric's, I think, with his running backs and maybe Tannehill, I think Eric can make the difference up right there to where you go. Hey, the first six players or the first five players, Eric can actually have a lead, right? Unless Hopkins and Hill go for 35, 40 each, then he's Eric's going to have to make up. If Eric can, with his first five guys, have a lead, that's where he's got a real shot because Hooper. Had a great bounce back game last week. Hurst is up and down. Calvin Ridley completely disappeared. If Julio Jones doesn't play, we'll see. Maybe they shadow him and he doesn't get much involved. It depends on what the defense does in Carolina. Justin Jefferson is going to feast. Him and Thielen will have monster games on that Sunday night game. I can't wait to watch that. So Jefferson should have, If Jefferson can go for a 30-point game, that can be the difference with Tyreek Hill and Hopkins to help Eric. Juju as well can have a really good... I mean, looking at these guys, at the beginning of the season, you would have said, eh, Ayuk, Jefferson, Eric's not going to stand much of a chance. You know, I could see him being 0-4. Well, they're just getting these rookies going. Their gears are going. There was no preseason. If there was a preseason, I think Gibson would already be dropping 20 a game. Ayuk, 15 a game. And then now you got Jefferson. He's taking dig spot. Now, he could go for 15. He could disappear. Um, I don't think he'll disappear, but he could have... Um, Games where he's not going to, every game's going to be for 15 to 30. But like Diggs had that would disappear at times. But man, yeah, Jefferson, if he can double outscore Ridley. And then Juju, most teams, Christian will have the advantage with Ridley, Diggs. Like I said, no team has four receivers in our league. No team. Now I'd have to go over Jacob. Getting Michael Thomas. I know he has DJ Chark. I can't remember his other receivers offhand. But... Oh, I think he has Beckham. We saw what Beckham did last week, but that was more based on the Cowboys, the matchup. If he can consistently get involved like that, maybe Jacob's right behind him for receivers. Um, for four, I'd have to see his fourth receiver. 
but nobody with four. I know there's teams in our league, Steve, other guys, that can contain with three. I have three good ones with Godwin, Allen, and Adams when they're all healthy. That's my problem. Um, but Hopkins, Hill, Ridley, and Diggs, that is tough to beat. And Eric has a chance this week based on Ayuk's matchup, based on maybe Watkins. The Chiefs have so many weapons, it's hard. But Ayuk has a great matchup. Watkins, just, man, you just, come on, just give me 10 to 12 points with Ayuk, with Jefferson maybe going for 25, with Juju hoping for another 25. He can actually keep up with Christian this week. And then it'll come down to the Niners and the Ravens defense, you know, and Cunningham or Wagner. So we'll see. Based on record, you're going to go, oh, Christian's got this. Based on points scored throughout the season, you're going to go, man, Christian's got this. Based on fantasy football, you throw all that out the window. Eric can have this. And we just broke it down piece by piece why. So I'm hoping Eric gets his first victory of the season. I know Christian doesn't. He needs to get to 4-1. He needs to keep close with Dino Dan. But me, I'm the guy who says, hey, let's keep everybody involved. Nick got his win last week. Elijah got his win two weeks ago. Let's get everybody off this uh, goose egg, get a victory, and try to turn it around. Because Eric is pulling for me. If I beat Steve, he drops him to 4-1. You know, who else in that division? Jacob. Jacob pulls off a win over Mario. He's two and three, you know. And then Matt. If Nick can beat Matt, he's one and four. And right there, Eric, right there, just literally pulled within um, two games of of climbing into second place in that division and trying to stay in the wildcard hunt because all these other guys are losing. So can't give up. Eric posted a very interesting, funny comment from Adam Rank from NFL Network when he specifically talked about 0-4 teams and he gives a pep talk. And yeah, Eric tagged me in it and we saw it on Facebook. It was pretty funny, but he's 100% right. I did say if you go to 0-5, Eric, maybe it is. It, pull the ripcord, sell your guys. But with me looking at Eric's team, who you, you know, he already traded Cooper and got a second round pick, right? So he's got that. I think he's got a fourth round pick. But do you want it? Do you want it? If I'm Eric, I don't want to trade Gibson, you know? Who are you gonna if you trade Gibson now? Unless it's a rookie, now we do know next year. Unless they're for first round picks, you know, unless it's for a first round pick, I'm not trading Gibson or maybe I mean, even a second. But looking at it next year, you're gonna have Zeke available. You're gonna have Kenyon Drake available. You're gonna have um, not Nick Chubb. Running back wise, who's available? Not Alvin Kamara. Kamara has one year left. I'm trying to remember, there's several running backs. Melvin Gordon, but he's going to be 28, maybe. So you're going to be going, who's the next crop? You know, it was this year. It was DeAndre Swift. It was um, Jonathan Taylor. It is J.K. I'm telling you right now, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor are not leaving my team. Okay, they will not be draftable next year. Um, Spoiler alert, if you think, you know, if you're looking at the next crop, they will be on my team. I have room. I got guys who are expiring receivers, so I will have them on my team. I'm just deciding which one I want to keep for two years and one for one. So I let you, there's a heads up there. So the only thing that's going to be coming is a few running backs, right? There's only a few coming, a big names, and the rookies that come in next year, you know? So if you look at it, Gibson's supposed to be a hot young one. That might be one if Eric's going, okay, if you get a first round pick, yes, you definitely do it because then you can go draft Zeke. You can not Kenya Drake, but we'd have to go through the list. Miles Sanders, he'll be available. Austin Eckler, he'll be available. There will be running backs who are going to be backs on, you know, team leaders. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think will be available unless he was drafted. I thought he was on a contract. 
anyways, my point being that looking at Eric's team, if he's 0-5, I'm not – would he want to start getting rid of everyone? Because he's, he's going to have two years open up with the Niners. And maybe he can make a move to trade Juju. I don't think he wants to trade Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is going to be on his A game. If he doesn't finish top five, I'll be shocked. You know, he's got Rodgers for four years. or This is year two. He's got two years after this. Rodgers is going all in because he does not want to lose that spot. He doesn't want to take it for granted. But maybe he ships Juju off to someone. Because remember, we can cut contracts in half. If he traded Juju now, the person who gets him would only inherit for two years. The next two seasons. Remember, this year doesn't count. And previous year is off the record. Because if you're trading a guy mid, in the middle of a season, you don't. it doesn't count against you because you're getting him now, but the contract's done, right? You, you, you're not going to have it because you already traded for him. The contract is just to keep the guy after the next offseason. So it would, the, it, would, it would drop four for Eric, but someone else would only be taken on two. That's a good deal. You can even say, hey, remember, we can cut contracts in half. So if it's two, you can say, hey, I just want one. And Eric, you you take the other, you you hold on to one, eat one, and then that one will expire at the end of this season. So Eric just cleared all four. So whatever the case may be, you could see Juju moved, and then Eric could say, "Hey man, I'm keeping Gibson two years. I'm keeping Je- Jefferson two years. I'm keeping Ayuk one year. Whatever the heck he wants, and he can have a really solid team going to next year. Because when you look at it, you don't want to just go, "I'm going to trade everybody for picks," because all those guys going are all now going to be probably kept on contract, and then. There's nothing left except for a few good guys and rookies. Yeah, it's not going to be that bad. It's not like Dynasty. There's still going to be plenty of guys who aren't kept because we can only keep so much. You know, I got Barkley on four years, so I can't keep five running backs all three years or something. So it's all strategy, planning out who's going to be free agent, who's not, and looking at your team. But I really like Eric's team going forward, and I would love to see if he can sneak out a win because he's got Jefferson, Juju, Ayuk, Watkins, and that's enough. I talked too much about Eric's team. But yeah, I think he's a really solid 0-4 team, and his young guys are going to start performing. And if he does win this week against Christian, I would not be shocked. I think Christian's team is still incredibly good. I think they have tough, tough matchups. Hunt, tough matchup. The Colts, or the Colts, yeah, D is really good. Go ask the Bears. Go ask the Vikings, who are lighting it up the last two weeks. Go ask them how easy the Colts' defense is. Um, Ingram, in a timeshare. Hopkins, great, not a tough matchup, but if they get a big lead or they get it, is he continue the ball? Vegas, Hill, Hill, I mean, looking at Christian's, this is not, looking at his team, I want his roster. If you said, hey, give me Christian's roster, I would take Diggs, Ridley, I, I tried to trade for Ridley, no, no dice. Diggs, Ridley, Hill, Hopkins, Hunt now, Ryan, Bobby Wagner, you know, he's got Tua coming up soon. Tua will be up. They probably didn't want to start him this week because the Niners' D is good. Look for Tua to possibly, although they play a tough defense next week as well at Denver, look for him to maybe get his first start at Denver, you know, and then at home against the Chargers. So it's coming up for Christian. He's got a great roster. He is easily one of the title contenders. There's three juggernauts or four juggernauts, and uh, he's one of them. So looking at that, that's why I'm like um, – He's it's he's favored, but don't be shocked if all the young guys finally perform for Eric and he sneaks out a win there for his first of the season. So that's it. Um, there's nothing else, no other news. We covered mostly everything football. And you guys have a good night or good night. Yeah, have a good afternoon. Have a good night. Whenever you listen to this podcast, whatever. Happy Friday. Have a good Friday. Be safe. And um, 
Make sure your rosters are set. Make sure you get your guys in. Uh, and that's it. Get ready for some Sunday football, some Monday football, and some Tuesday football. What the heck is that all about? See you guys.